Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to Loon Talk episode, I think, eight now here on Score North. My name is Jonathan Harrison. Usually alongside me is Dan Terhar, but he is not with us for this first part of the show. We are joined by special guest, the manager of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Well, you just told me that I'm the substitute, John. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a long time since I've been a sub, I've got to be honest. <laughs> Well, no, you're not the substitute. You're the special guest. That's okay. All right, then. All right. Let's, Cal didn't I'll, like. The, I'll accept that one. Go on. Cal didn't like the special, or the title "special guest" when he was on a couple weeks ago. So we've been trying to play with a couple different names, but I like calling them special guests because. Yeah. More, okay. That's fine. It's more grandiose, I guess. Um, yeah. It's good to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Um, I wanted to start off. Uh, how has your mid mid season break been? I mean, this is kind of weird to have this that it's actually scheduled this time unlike last season um how have you guys and the team been handling this uh this three-week break here well it's strange because somebody said have you enjoyed your time off (laughs) one thing i can assure you we've had no time off i get i gave the i gave the fellas um thursday friday off after the first week Mm -hmm. so they got like thursday friday saturday sunday it gave a few of the guys a chance to go home and catch up because obviously they've they've been sort of back in Minnesota for a while. So that's always nice. But it's been a really good break for, for, for many different reasons, really, John, because, you know, we've got players who are all at a different stage. You know, we've got Franco Fragapani who's come in and now we've been able to, you know, he's had time to sort of get himself settled, get himself a house, get himself a car. And Adrian Hunau has arrived in the, in, into the Twin Cities and we've allowed, it's given him time to get settled. And then also it's allowed some of the guys who needed a rest to have a, a real sort of three or four days of going, okay, let's let's recharge the batteries. Mm-hmm. Let's get over them niggling little injuries that you've been carrying. And then for some of the other guys, it's been a case of, okay, without the, you know, the challenge of getting players really, really fit with the game at the weekend that they might be involved in, it's been really, really good that way. So for different players, for different reasons, it's been really, really good. Um, in a perfect world, I would have preferred to have carried on playing, you know, on the back of two yeah. wins and a draw and try and keep that momentum. But we knew it was going to come. Um, but as I say, from a player's point of view, I think for, for different reasons, for different players, it's been very, very good. Yeah, uh, especially after the rough first four games. And I kind of want to work through – I have a I've kind of like four different tiers of questions here um, for this interview here. And I kind of want to start with – uh, the first four games, I know you kind of want to put that in the back of your memory. Um, but what, I guess, what's the one thing that didn't go right for you guys in those first four games of the season? Well, it's very simple. Um, both boxes weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't create enough at one end, which is a problem. And then gave away too many opportunities at the other. That sounds really simple, I know. Yeah. But if, <laughs> if I was to dissect the games going through them, you look at the start that Seattle have had. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to the broadcast and people saying, what a good team Minnesota are after 45 minutes. We completely yeah. dominated the game. And then we conceded a goal that will be a contender for goal of the season. And then the last, you know, the last 20 minutes, we sort of fell apart. And there was a few, you know, Romain was down when we conceded the fourth. and We conceded poor goals. And we have con- conceded poor goals. Um 
since the season started. I think we've addressed that. I think, you know, the last three games conceded yeah. one goal and I think we've, we're now getting back to what we were last year. I look at the Colorado game, 2-0 up at half-time, maybe the best we've played since I've been the coach of Minnesota on the road. Everything that we asked, moved the ball really, really well, defended well. And then we could see the goal and then they started to put balls in the box and we, and we didn't defend well enough. And, and I, I don't use that as we didn't defend well enough. That's the back four. I used we didn't defend well enough as a group, as, a, as an 11-man team. And um, that was the one thing that we spoke about going into them home games, you know, against Vancouver and against uh, Dallas, that we, we have to get back to what we are. We're, we're hard-working, blue-collar team that has more ability than people think. But we are at our best when we defend from the front. Everybody joins in when we attack, but everybody does their fair share when it comes down to the, the hard part, which is the uncomfortable part. And the dirty part is defending your goal, throwing your life, throwing your body on the line when it, when it, when it matters, stopping crosses, winning first balls, winning second balls. And, you know, I felt as though we've, we've addressed that. Now, it would have been nice to have carried on, you know, on the back of, you know, a couple of wins and a draw. But we knew this break was coming. And... Um, the, the most important thing is now is for us to remember why we lost the four, first four games and remember what we did differently to actually go and get seven points from nine, uh, from nine and, and go three unbeaten. And we need to continue this because the games are going to co- start to come thick and fast and you're not going to have too much time to dwell on or do an awful lot of work on the training field in between these games. So how do you go about, I mean, go, go about getting the players ready for how thick and fast those games are going to come. Because as we know, the first, the first seven weeks of the season, we're all kind of spread out. You had a bye week in there, which you're going to have this season, which is a weird thing. Um, but then after this break, it's pretty much hell for leather for the rest of the season. You guys are going to have a lot of midweek games. How yeah. do you guys go about preparing your team? I know you guys have spent a lot of time in the last two off season, getting a lot of depth. Um, how much is that going to help, I guess, coming up for the next couple months? Well, you, when, you, when you talk about it, John, with the games that we're going to have and the length of the season, the amount of games that come with the travel, with the different conditions that you go to, like this weekend, I guarantee you, it probably kick off, it's going to be 105 in Dallas this weekend. And no matter what you do, it's difficult to prepare for. So you're going to have to make changes. Then we go, then we've got a home game, which is going to prove crucial, as it always does in this league. Then we go to Portland, so it doesn't get any easier. Well, no, you hope that the depth that you've got, you hope that, and we've had a, quite a bit of conditioning in these last two or three weeks. We've realized what's coming. And this week we will take, temper it off a little bit and, and hopefully keep the guys fresh. But we've tried to get, you know, I wouldn't say a mini preseason in, but we've certainly worked harder than we would have done normally in this little break. Um, perfect, and, perfect week last week to get conditioning in with how hot and humid it was. Well, as you can see from my face, maybe sun cream <laughs> might have been a good, a good, a good choice. But you know, when you're out there for two or three hours a day, it doesn't, it doesn't become yeah. too easy. But uh, no, we, we've managed to, as I say, work really hard, and the players' attitude to work has been great. I just want this now to sort of pick up where we left off because, you know, the one thing about this league, it's very unforgiving when you're going on the road and all the different uh, conditions that you have to play in. And, um, you know, we've spoke about that to the players and I, I want us to not forget 
where we were and what we just had come through and um, pick up where we left off against um, uh, Rail Salt Lake because different, contrary to popular belief and what I heard one or two people think, I would take a draw on the road every game this season. Mm -hmm. And when I hear people talking, and I don't mean external people, I mean some internal people talking about uh, what a poor performance it was. I don't think people have a clue what it's like to go and play in Salt Lake against the team who the week before had beaten Kansas City 3-1 and we go in there, get a draw and we were disappointed that we maybe didn't win it. You know, altitude and all the stuff that goes with it. Um, Maybe if people actually realised what it was like playing at them places, they might have realised it was a good point on the road as it always is. And as I always say to our players, never ever turn away um, a point on the road or at home. Winning games is not easy. Every Mm -hmm. But what people forget sometimes, John, the other team want to win as well. You know that. Right. <laughs> it's not yeah. just a one-way street, this. We're the only ones who want to win. Yeah. You know? and so it's, uh, no, we need to keep this run going. It's, uh, you know, I've been pleased with the, the attitude of the group in the last few weeks. So I kind of want to take a look at some of the, the news surrounding the team over the last couple weeks um, since since we've been off of games. Hassani Dotson signed a new three-year deal last week. He keeps him at the club for a couple more years while he continues to develop and grow into the game. A, p- a couple questions off that as a late draft pick, there wasn't a whole lot of fanfare I'd say around him, um, but he's grown into probably the best player in what is considered by many uh, one of the best draft classes by a team in league history. I'd assume um, how long did it take until you guys thought you and the coaching staff looked at it at each other and thought, Oh, we might actually have something here. Well, we, we, we liked him pre-draft. You know, we got tipped off by a friend of one of the members of staff, and uh, we, we'd done a bit of homework and we'd seen him, um, Oregon State, I think he was. Mm-hmm. And we were, we liked what we saw and we were always worried that somebody, you know, when you pick him, I don't know, what was he, 35 or something in the end? I think so, around there. I yeah, know. and um, we were, we were only an him, you know, is he going to be about, is he going to be there? But we were, we, we, were, we were pretty certain that we thought we'd got a, a kid that could grow. One thing about him, wherever he played, we always felt as though he had a really good feel for the game. And what I mean by that is he can play at fullback and plays like a fullback. He, you wouldn't go and look at him and go, he's obviously clearly out of position. He gets a really good under- feel and understanding for the game. Athletically, he's better than people think. He's, he's sneakily good on the dribble and he's a really good finisher. So we thought we'd got a, a good player. Now, you know, it's been difficult for him because he's had to go past Aussie, arguably the best number 10 in the league for 12, 12 years. Jan Gregos, an international, was away playing in the Euros. But, you know, for us, it was a real, it was imperative that we tied him down. We feel as though he's now he's going to put himself in the team and going to be very, very different, difficult to dislodge. Um, we think he's got huge growth. I know that the people at the under 23 level who had him in the Olympics think really, really highly of him also. So, you know, we're delighted that he's committed and if he keeps working as hard as he is, and I know he will because that's his nature, we feel as though we've got a future US international on our hands. And, you know, I know he spoke about it. I know he wants to go to Europe at some stage and experience that. But the only way he's going to do that is by his performances on the field for us. And, you know, we've made him aware of that. Hopefully that comes. Hopefully we get he gets to a situation and a position where we find it very, very difficult to keep him in. 
and that would be the aim not only for us but for him also. I want to get back to that in just a moment, but first, uh, he's one of the most versatile players on the roster. You mentioned when he plays when he plays at fullback, he plays like a fullback, and pretty much he's played all over the field for you guys. Everybody always says about guys like that that their versatility can sometimes hurt them because they never specialize in one area. Um, but with him, it always seems, as you mentioned, he's just good at whatever you ask him to do. At yeah, and, 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 the, and the thing is, sorry, John. It, I, I went through a similar thing myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I played in all the forward positions, whether it be wide right, wide left, up through the middle on my own, underneath the striker, false nine, played in central midfield. And I know that. And it's something that me and him have spoke about. Yeah. And eventually we feel as though he will develop into a two-way midfield player. He could play six, but he can play an eight. He can play box to box. Because the one thing I don't want to do is stifle him because yeah. if he plays a full season as an attacking midfield player, as an eight, if you like, in a, in a 4-3-3 or even in a two, and he could play under the striker. I honestly believe he could get between eight and 12 goals because he's such a good finisher from the edge of the box. And goals are hard to come by. That's why all the people who score him and make him go for the most money. Right. So it would be wrong if we think we've got somebody who can score a goal to stifle him that much. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's something that we've spoke about. And I agree, eventually, I think he will be... If we play a 4-2-3-1, he will be one of the two, but with a bit more license and a bit more freedom to break forward. Um, so, yeah, it's something that we have spoke about, um, about trying to nail a position down so we can actually perfect it, and we probably will. You know, in, in the next sort of six months, I think it will be very apparent where he's going to be playing. Yeah. So how do you balance that as a coach from wanting him to be just on the field anywhere you can get him because he's that good of a player – and basically figuring out his position and getting him really good at that position. With a guy that versatile, how do you balance that? Well, ultimately, the, and this is a coach speaking here, not the player. Yeah. We always have to look at the big picture. Mm-hmm. The most important thing for us will always be the team. You know, and the club will always be here. You know, Minnesota United will be here long after Adrian Ethan and the Sony Dodson. So we have to pick what's right to try and win a game of football. We also have to couple with the fact is that sometimes you have other players as well. Mm-hmm. You know, at this moment in time, if you look at it, we've, we've got Ozzy who's coming back fit. We've got Will Trapp, who's been in the U.S. international, who's won MLS Cup, has been captain at two clubs he's played for. We've got Jan Gregus, who's away now with the, um, with the Slovakian national team. We've got Jacory Hayes. We've got a lot of competition in there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes for the, for the rest of the group, we have to make the decision. And there's only being as versatile he is and, and giving us that uh, that energy and that drive that he plays with. Sometimes, you know, he's the one who has to maybe forsake where he plays for the benefit of everybody else. Yeah. But we are aware, and he's, you know, we've spoke to the kid, that eventually he will be nailing his spot now. Uh, switching to a different player, Michael Boxley is one of the longest tenured players at the club. He's mm-hmm. pretty much a favorite of Dan and I on our broadcast. Since he's been at the club, he's dealt with a lot on the playing field, mainly eight center back pairings in the five years he's been here. The thing is, I don't hear him get talked about as much as he probably deserves as probably one of the better defenders in the league. How important has he been to what you guys and your staff have been building here at Minnesota? Well, I I remember when we brought Boxy in and he was very quietly brought in and probably Mm -hmm. under the radar by an awful lot of people. But I know, he certainly knows how highly we feel about the kid. And when I ask and I speak to other, other coaches after the game, other people in the league, 
you know, realise that. Sometimes these are the type of people that you build football clubs around because not only is he a great professional, he is an unbelievable guy in the locker room. He's a fantastic teammate. The other things that people always forget, he's nearly always available, which in this league is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, when we play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, or whatever it may be, I'm never thinking that Boxy isn't going to be available. Right. Because he has that durability. He has that, you know, all black mentality. He's from New Zealand. He, he's, he's big, he's strong, he's uncompromising. He never takes the easy way out. He never, you know, he, he always sees a positive. He never sees a negative. He never convinces himself that he's tired. You know, and as I said, for a coach, he's a coach's dream. Yeah. You know, every football club needs people like Michael Boxall, and we're just glad we've got him at our club. And he's super consistent. I can't remember uh, more than a handful of games that he's – you looked at him like, oh, that's a bad game. It's always it's always level or a pretty dang good game for him. And he's had yeah. some pretty decent center back pairings in his time and some pretty not-so-decent center back pairings in his time. And I think that's been a huge thing for this club over the last five years is having Michael, Michael Boxall at the back for you guys in front of whatever goalkeeper has been there for you. Lastly, on the team so far – uh, MLSsoccer.com posted a five teams to watch in the transfer market. Minnesota wasn't listed. Should we be watching the loons this summer based off your quote from a couple weeks ago where you said we aren't expecting any more players? Well, we, we, we've obviously got Franco Fragapani and since then we've got Adrian Huno, and we thought that might be it. There may be, there may be maybe one more thing that we might do, maybe two if something else was to come off. But as, as every club, you never, never stop looking to mm-hmm. see if you can improve. And what people sometimes forget is that sometimes other people like your players. Yeah. And then you have to understand that, is that a good deal for us in the long term or the short term? Now, sometimes them deals, I always go back to Christian because he was such a favorite Christian Ramirez. Mm-hmm. They aren't deals that you do because you go, oh, I don't like this guy. They are deals that you do because they crop up unexpectedly because it's for the benefit of the, the club or the team, or the squad of players moving forward. And mm-hmm. sometimes they come out of the blue. So I would love to be able to say, we've got the perfect squad and we're going to go with this group till the end of the season. I guarantee you, I could feel the phone call about one of my players tomorrow. And it might be such a deal that you go, we might have to see, think very carefully about this deal. This is something that we, you know, might be too good to be true at this moment in time. So as much as I would say that there might be one or two little changes, I don't think anything really major. But you never know, John. That's the one thing I know about football, that you never know what's around the corner or what's what phone call you're going to get tomorrow. That's actually a perfect transition into my next question. Uh, but first, you are listening to Loon Talk here on Score North and anywhere you find your podcasts, also on Score North's YouTube channel. I'm Jonathan Harrison, joined this week by special guest Adrian Heath. Uh, Adrian, you kind of mentioned it there, the deals. Uh, I want to talk about trades in this league. It's something kind of unique to MLS. Dan and I have talked several times this season about how you guys have two starting keepers and that can be a pretty big asset later in the season um, mm-hmm. come the trade deadline, if you want to call it that. Um, this question really isn't specifically about Dane and Tyler, but how do you go about as a staff in a front office judging what, what's a good return in a trade? Is, is it more what you need at the moment or more about the long-term view? A bit of both. Also, the player's contracts dictate sometimes. You know, as a player coming out of contract within six months mm-hmm. and now somebody's offered you an opportunity to bring 
a few hundred thousand dollars in in time or GAM or general allocation money. And then you have to weigh everything up. Um, the one thing I do know is certainly with the goalkeepers, we have, we are really blessed with the quartet we've got with Zendayas yeah. and Fred Emmings as well. We, we're really pleased with the keepers. Obviously, I'm not stupid enough to know that keeping two number ones, eventually something will have to give and we don't know where that will be, whether it be this year and two years, a year, 18 months, we don't know. Um, but obviously, Dane's young, he's ambitious, he, he wants to do well, he wants to play first team football. But as we said before, you know, before Tyler got injured, we were really, really pleased with him. You know, Tyler's only been on the losing side for us. Right. When you look back to when he first came. And um, he had a, a major operation, you know, for to have a hip operation for a goalkeeper with the amount of diving and, you know, moving about that they mm-hmm. have to do and the challenges they go into. But I think he spoke volumes of his professionals and we come back so sharp in pre-season and he was devastated he didn't start the season and, I said to him, listen, you just keep going and training the way you are because the game changes. And when we made the change, I didn't, you know, I made a point of making sure that people didn't think, oh, he's left Dane out, but it must have been Dane's fault. It wasn't. I spoke about it earlier. This was a collective. But sometimes you make a decision that you, you think something needs to change to give somebody, the defender, something different to think about, some, a different voice to hear. And, you know, obviously with the three games since then, Makes you know you look, look like you know what you're doing. You know when you win, win a couple and you draw one. But <laughs> I can assure you that you know that wasn't really down to Dane. That was more to do with a collective um, stance and a, a and a collective group of players suddenly saying, "Okay, enough's enough. We've got to start defending better." Also, along the trade uh, question, why don't we see more player for player swaps in the league? That happens in other American sports. Mm-hmm. Is it? just a general unwillingness to give up players and trades because you have Gam and Tam at your disposal? Maybe, but I, I, I think it's something that I've spoke about before. I think you also don't see many loans between teams because, right. you know, there are certain times where I've just mentioned we've got five midfield players and right. people might be struggling for a midfield player, but you don't get much of that in this league, which I think it would be a good thing because at certain stages through the year, you might be in a position that you need help in one or two positions. And there are clubs who can go, well, we've got three players in that position you could do, but you don't see much of it. Maybe it's something down the road which might develop, Jonathan. Yeah, I think it's. I think Austin FC loaning Sebastian Bearhalter is the yeah. first I've can, I can remember since... I can't um, remember many. Yeah. You know, I, no, I can't remember many at all. And as you say, in, in certainly where I'm from in England and in Europe, that happens an awful lot because when you're carrying a roster of 28, at the end of the day, only 11's playing and only, you know, only 19, uh, 20 are, are stripping. So it's, right. you know, there, there are plenty of uh, players who are, who are not getting the opportunity that other clubs could probably use. Yeah. Uh, switching directions here, we know the league has been targeting, why they've been targeting Argentina for, for players over the last several years, but it seems... I mean, specifically with you and Los Angeles Galaxy, there's been a focus on getting talent from France lately. You got Unu, Metanere, Debassi. They've got a couple guys this last offseason. What is it about the French market that you guys see um, that probably it doesn't seem like other teams in the league have seen so far? From what I'm I'm hearing, I think more and more clubs are looking at the French league. They've had economically, it's been really tough there with the TV deal. Mm -hmm. You know, Canal Plus have pulled away. And a lot of clubs are financially hurting. Yeah. Um, plus the fact, for actual 
producing young talent. And obviously they, they, they get a lot of um, African players because of their you know, background with the colonies, etc. They've got an incredible, like, Serie B uh, league earn, the Yeah. That many leagues, I'm, I'm all over the place. <laughs> league de at this moment in time is a real breeding ground for young players in France. A lot of the big clubs send their best young talent to play in Ligue 2. And I think there are so many really good players there. Um, and you do get value for money, especially at this moment in time when the clubs financially are hurting so much. So I would think it's something that will continue to grow. In terms of South America, especially Argentina, anybody who's been down there will tell you that it talk about hotbeds of soccer and people who want to play and who, who love playing football, you know, there might not be many better countries than that in terms of producing players. I mean, if, and if you're going on scouting trips, why not choose South America? It seems like a perfect day, perfect place to go on a scouting trip. Sometimes with the logistics that you go through, Jonathan, <laughs> I'm not sure you'd say that when you've looked and there's a train supposed to be coming and you go, we cancelled that four weeks ago. But nobody knows that, the, you know, all the planes not on time and got cancelled two days ago as well. So sometimes it's not quite as easy as it looks. Uh, question for you. You're one of the, you're the fourth most tenured manager in the league. You're among the likes of Peter Vermees, Jim Curtin, Brian Schmetzer, and Bob Bradley as the top five. There's been degrees of success among the five of you. Is that, is that why you guys are the five most tenured or is it because you guys are the most tenured that there's success with your clubs? A bit of both of that. I think it's a good point. Um, I think I read a stat that teams that change every 18 months or two years, it's a fact that they don't get any better. Yeah. And then you've got a coach coming in who wants to bring his own staff in, change all these players. And then two years later he goes and then you're in exactly the same position. I'm sure that all those five of us will tell you that we know this doesn't, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. The job is certainly not easy, but I look at the four years. I said, when I first got here, let's look where we are at the end of three. Um, We've got better each year. Um, we've got better, I think, each transfer window. Um, I'm pleased with the progress that we've made. Um, certainly didn't envisage the start that we've had this season, I've got to be yeah. honest. But we'll see where we are at the end of the season. Yeah. You know, I, I think we're making huge strides on and off the field. Um, that, and some of that maybe gets unnoticed where people just look at the end result as have we won or lost on Saturday or a Wednesday. There's an awful lot more that goes into building a football club. People don't, you know, this is our fifth year. We probably came in, I would think, at least at least one year too early. But that's the way it was. Mm-hmm. And we've had to build and we've had to grow. You know, I, I speak to Peter Vermees regularly. He's a good friend of mine. I, I've got so much respect for him. And he talks about the first four or five years at Kansas. It's not easy to build a roster, especially when... You look at the type of clubs we're talking about. Is that another pack that you know? You look at Philly. Haven't gone crazy. They've gone down a different road with their academy. You know, um, Peter Vermees over in Sporting Kansas City. They haven't spent huge amounts throwing money at the team. Yeah. And if it sticks, oh, it's great. If it's not, it's a disaster. I think there has to be, a, you know, a long, drawn out, thought out plan. And we're all aware then eventually we will re- rely on results. Every, every one of them coaches that you just mentioned. But, you know, people always talk about Alex Ferguson. Well, he was there 20-odd years. He's going to be successful. Wenger, you know. And it comes hand in hand. But trust me, 
when you look at, I don't know if anybody's out there has watched the Sir Alex Ferguson oh, fantastic. movie. So it's an incredible movie. But how close was he to, to losing his job? Yeah. But it was the people upstairs who see other things rather than just have they won on Saturday or they lost on Wednesday. You know, it, 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 it's far more complex than that. And I think if the big picture is taken into context, more clubs would have more success. Do you think and ultimately... Well, no, you were going to say. No, I said, and, and ultimately we all live and die by results. We're aware of that. But, but you also have to look at what are we trying to build here? Do you think there's a way that we can kind of go back and give coaches more time? Or is it we're stuck in this time frame where ownerships aren't going to give coaches a whole lot of time if they're not producing results right away? Or is there kind of a well, middle depends ground that what, can be met? It depends what the criteria of your club is. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll throw Dallas in as an example. They haven't made the playoffs the last few years. But they're piling fortunes into their academy. <laughs> right. Yeah. But now they're starting to produce players that they're selling. So mm-hmm. what, is, what is the criteria there? Now, if you're a season ticket holder and you don't care about the academy, you're probably not happy when you don't mm-hmm. make the playoffs and you're bottom of the league. Yeah. But people within that club, they have a different plan. They have a different structure. They have a different way of going about what they're trying to build and what, they're, what they think they are. So everybody's, everybody's plan is a little bit different. You know, there's, there's probably a little happy medium somewhere in all of it, but... You know, I think in terms of giving people more time, I said this before, and it, I know one or two people sort of started looking at it and going, well, that's, I'm not sure that's the right one. The, the social media part now for any coach in any sport mm-hmm. is a nightmare. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the enemy of any coach because people who, you don't know whether these guys are qualified to talk about anything, and yet they keep screaming, putting this stuff out and – and it, it's difficult for ownership groups and people who are in the firing line who are receiving it because they don't do things. That is a difficult thing for them. You know, I, I, I know from, I've got a couple of friends of mine who own clubs in England and the, the amount of pressure they come on, under social media wise to make a change with the manager loses three games. You know, they win three games. He should be having a lifetime contract. They lose three games and we need him fired this Saturday, you know. Yeah. And, and sports is not like that and they can't react like that. And the unfortunate part is, Jonathan, that some people do. Yeah. You know, they can't handle that sort of pressure that comes and the stick that comes with, you know, outside influences putting you under pressure. But, um, but no, it's part and parcel of the job. We all do it. We all know what's coming. We all know what's around the corner. But I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> Uh, once again, you are listening to Loon Talk. I'm Jonathan Harrison, usually alongside Dan Terrar, but we subbed him out today for our special guest, the manager of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Uh, you can follow, uh, you can rate, review, and subscribe Loon Talk anywhere you find your podcasts, as well as Score North's YouTube channel. Just wrapping up here with a couple more questions with Adrian Heath. Want to look at the Euros and the Premier League season because I don't think we've talked since the Premier League season ended. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, the Euros so far. What have your thoughts been after the first round of group play? Because it's been there's been some pretty good action. Yeah, um, love the Euros because the one thing about the Euros that there's not many easy games. Yeah. You know, you look at the, the the group today with Portugal, and you know they're, they're having to go to Hungary in front of sixty two thousand people, biggest crowd for like over a year with all that emotion that's going on. So that was difficult. Big result for them. Obviously, Germany. I still think Germany will maybe qualify, although it's going to be difficult in that group. Um, I like Italy. 
I did before the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched them quietly just get better and better. I think they're 28, 29 unbeaten now. Um, England showed the first 25 minutes that they can move the ball really well. We have good front players. I still worry about us on the counter-attack. But we play at home. And if they can get through and keep playing at home and um, the crowd keeps getting a little bit bigger, which they're hoping for the next round of games, maybe get the you know, 50%, so they get 40, 45,000 maybe into Wembley Stadium. If they get that momentum going like they did in 96, and England will be difficult. But uh, no, I love it. I think that uh, I think Italy are, are, are the pick so far. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I looked at the Spain game the other day. I, I think if Spain had a real top-class number nine, they would take some stopping because when you when you can keep the ball as much as they do, mm-hmm. what was it, nearly ninety percent possession in the game? <laughs> you know, when you whatever the opposition do, if you've got the ball, it, it's difficult. So, no, it'll be interesting. I think the next games are going to be even better, Jonathan, because we're at that stage now where if you've lost the first game, you've got to win the second one. Yeah. You have to, otherwise you've got no chance. And the teams that have, you know, have won it know that if we win the next game, we can rest players before we get to the last 16. So it's going to be really interesting. I do, I, I love the Euros because I think the competition is so intense from, there's not an easy game, as I said. Yeah. I'm going to take France away from this one because that's probably the easy answer considering how they toyed with Germany today. Um, who after the, and I think you gave your answer here, who after the first round of play looks like they can win the tournament? As I said, I, I do like uh, Italy. Yeah. Um, Spain, if they can catch fire in the forward positions because they, they're just so good at keeping the ball. Um, I don't think you could look any further than that. I would, I would also go maybe, uh, and this might be a bit early, Germany, because they do tend to grow into tournaments. Okay. Now, the next game for them is huge. But, you know, if they, I don't know where they play the games, but if they, if they continue to play in Germany and, you know, they play, you know, and, and, and they, they can get a win and start picking up some momentum, they're a really good tournament team. They, even when they've got poor teams, they always seem to make it to the quarterfinals and then knock England out on penalties normally. <laughs> As I as I too well know, but uh, no, you know I don't. I think it, once again it'll be the usual suspects. I really do. Are you concerned about Phil Foden channeling his inner Paul Gascoigne with that haircut? Well, the one thing is, as long as he's not in the dentist chair and does all the other stuff <laughs> off the field stuff that uh, Gazza used to do, and I don't think Phil will. Um, no, he's, he's a, obviously a, he's going to be a special talent. Everybody, is, everybody's really excited about him in England, and quite rightly so. Yeah, it's. It's an exciting squad England have over there. Uh, shifting to the Premier League, looking at your former club, Everton. Um, yep. Carlo Ancelotti ditches Everton for a uh, Real Madrid return, and now there's reports that former Wolves boss Nuno Espirito Santos is close to agreeing to a deal to become the next Everton manager. Your thoughts on that whole situation? It looked like you had Ancelotti there for a while, and then yeah. Real Madrid come in with the Bucks and kind of take him away. The one thing I do know is, and obviously – Applying my trade like I've always done in Europe. When Real Madrid come calling, eventually it's over. It doesn't matter who it is. You know, the Cristiano Ronaldo's, the David Beckham's. I remember it all. They never leave in. They always end up at Real Madrid. So when Carlo got the opportunity, I think it caught everybody by surprise. The people I still know at the club didn't know anything about it on the Friday. Sunday, he's gone, you know. So it was out the blue. Um, Nuno's done a really good job at Wolves, you know, and he probably needed to move. 
but he's he's done a great job at Wolves. Um, I don't know where that will leave my good friend Duncan Ferguson, whether he'll be part of the, the new regime. I hope he is, because I think he, he brings so much more to the club than just coaching and his, his personality. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big decision for us. Uh, you know, it's they've got the stadium around the corner. They're going to spend the best part of a, a billion dollars on a stadium. So this decision has to be right because what they don't want to be doing is moving into a new stadium in two years' time with a team that's not good enough and not competing. Um, I thought that if we'd have managed to keep Carlo and give him another couple of transfer windows as he could have kept adding, he, he, he knows how to win. The yeah. One thing that we knew with Carlo is yeah. if he had the right materials, he can win. He's proved that. So it's a big disappointment because he did give the club some gravitas, the fact that he was he was the coach, a mm-hmm. world-renowned uh, coach that gave the club something. So, um, no, the next appoint, appointment's really, really important to know. If it's Nuno, hopefully he does the job that we all, we all want him to do. And then lastly, we mentioned it a while ago now, you travel down to Dallas this weekend. Dallas are a club that has struggled this season, winning just once. You've already seen them, and you beat them 1-0 at Allianz Field. What are you mm-hmm. expecting from them this weekend, besides, obviously, 104 degrees down in, in Frisco, Texas? Yeah, that never changes. We always seem to get them when it's like the hottest day of the year, so I don't expect <laughs> any difference this, this, this time, you know. But, uh, no, they, they, they normally, traditionally, you know, that one win came at home. You know, and they've been close on a couple of occasions. We watch the games. Um, they get after you a little bit at home. They're normally young. They're normally full of energy. They normally get after you and put you under pressure and make you suffer in the heat as well. But the one thing that we've 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 won games against them, and if we can stay in it early on, when they bring everything at you, and then start to play our football, then we have more than enough to win the game. It'll be tight. It'll be difficult, but it's one that we're capable of winning for sure. For sure. It'll be good to see you guys back in action after a couple after a couple weeks off. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us this week on Loon Talk. It has been a pleasure talking to you again, sir. Anytime, John. You know that. Thank you, sir. And we will now be joined by Dan Terhar. We substituted him out in the first half of the show for Adrian Heath. We are substituting Dan Terhar back in for the last half of the show. Dan Terhar, how are you doing this evening? I'm not near as entertaining as Adrian is. It's hard to be as entertaining as Adrian Heath. <laughs> He's a very colorful man, isn't he? Yeah. I hope I hope the listeners will enjoy that interview we had with him. Uh, it was fun talking sure to him. Sure they will. So. Yeah, I'm sure they will. So we kind of went all over the place. It was fun. We didn't just stick to and you can see my cat jumping in the background of this. Hey, there goes a cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. You never know That's what something. happens. <laughs> if you're watching on the YouTube stream, you just saw my you just saw Mila jump around in the background. Um Dan, we've got a couple things here to talk about. Let's let's just jump right into look across the league. Um, first, before we do that, this obviously is Loon Talk. You're listening to Loon Talk on whatever podcast service you can find us on. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help us get found. Also, you can find us on Score North's YouTube channel. Remember, we are the best kept secret in MLS. That's we right. Are the most unofficially official uh, Loon's podcast around since Dan and I do the, do do the radio broadcast for the team, but this one we are paid by Score North, so we get to say whatever we want here. Right on. Let's start. Just off. don't tell anybody. Keep it a secret. Keep it a secret. Let's <laughs> start off with some Minnesota United related news and look across the league. Hassani Dotson, uh, the growing 
uh, wonder that he is mm-hmm. has signed a new three-year deal with the club, keeping him here a little longer. We talked about with that with Adrian Heath in the first half of the show. Dan, I want to get your thoughts on it. I'm excited about it. I think it's a great move for the club, keeps him around, uh, makes that valuation of him go higher. As we know, scouts are looking right. for talent in the U.S. I was I was very happy to hear that the other day. Um, I was a little worried that you know that wasn't going to be the case, and there was a chance we'd lose him. Um, yeah. Whether that be in you know in Europe or somewhere else, but um, yeah, that's great good news. He's a young talent. He's still got a huge upside. He's only going to get better, and you know, and I just got to figure out where you're going to put him, how you're right. going to use him, and you know, he's so you know with with a lot of players, you'd say, well, you know, here's his position, and you, know, you get two guys ahead of him, you got a DP ahead of him, and a, you know, but he's got so many options that. That makes him even more valuable um, to us, but it also makes him more valuable to uh, places much further away from here than <laughs> than uh, than this. So it's good news. It really is. I'm yeah. excited to hear that. And you know, for a kid that is hoping, I would assume, to get to Europe at some point in his career, and has got certainly got the talent <laughs> to do it, signing right. here for a little bit longer. Uh, will really do him well because he'll get more playing time here, I would assume, than he would immediately in Europe. So you'd think so, depending on you know what where he'd go and what you know. Yeah. But yeah, this is you know I think he likes it here, and uh, so yeah, it's good to know that he'll be around a little bit and can we continue to watch Asani play. Hope he scores a few more of those goals this year that he scored a couple of years ago. Those uh, those across the top of the eighteen. Yeah, yeah this, he had some fun strikes, didn't he? Absolutely, his yep. his uh, as they call them bangers. Yeah. They sound really old there. Um, they're fun. They're fun to watch. Yeah. Um, let's. This one goes a little bit outside the league. Actually, a lot of it outside the league. <laughs> Completely the, outside the league. The USL <laughs> Women's League is starting, I believe, next year. And with them will be a Minnesota women's professional soccer team. They will be playing in the USL Women's League next year. They will be community-owned. That means the fans will have a stake in the team. They will elect members to serve on the board, and they will be part of the naming and branding process over the coming year. Okay. Minnesota is getting a professional women's soccer team, not at the NWSL level, but at the USL uh, Women's Soccer League level. So it's exciting to see a professional women's soccer team in town. Hey, anybody that – I don't care what the sport is, what level it is, when you – spend your whole life playing a sport mm-hmm. and if you can figure out a way to somehow make a living doing it yeah whether that be playing coaching or broadcasting whatever it may be you know good for you i'm all for that so uh, i hope it's successful i hope that they can uh, find the uh, the sponsors and the uh, funding that they need to uh, to make it go so you know sports know are risky but hopefully it'll work and we know there's plenty of talent in the women's soccer playing pool here in this country. I mean, yeah. U.S. women are the best team in the world pretty much year in and year out. And there's plenty of talent here for women to play professional soccer. So it's exciting to see Minnesota get into into uh, the women's soccer game here. Um, and then lastly, around look across the league before we take a look at what's next up for the Loons. MLS and Liga MX announced last week that this year's All-Star Game will take place at Bank of California Stadium, LAFC Stadium, um, and will feature the two leagues pitting their respective All-Star squads against each other instead of 
the MLS All-Stars facing some European giant. They will now play Mexico's All-Stars for the first time ever. That will be fun. These two team, these two leagues have been kind of dancing around each other, whether they want to actually <laughs> join up and become a Super League or whatnot. And this is just another step in that ongoing process of those two, those two leagues kind of partnering together to further the aim of or the further the progress of soccer on this mm-hmm. side of the planet so seeing those two teams playing against each other for the all-star game in august will be super fun yeah i think that's a great idea i think you instantly have a rivalry it'll suck some people in that just like you know usa mexico rivalries and you know we they just played uh the men's teams so um, yeah, I think that's it's a perfect time to do it. I think, you know, uh, strike while the fire's hot, and I think it is right now. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great idea, and I think it'll it'll draw a pretty good – I think it'll draw a better uh, audience, uh, more attention than if it was just East versus West. Right. Yeah. And they, they had that for a while, but then they abandoned that for uh, playing some European giant that they could rope in. And over the years, they've had Manchester United and mm-hmm. Chelsea. Which is a good Bayern idea, United. too, yeah. yeah. But I, th- I think, I think this fun. is a good one. Maybe this becomes a a uh, regular yearly occurrence. So yeah, they'll have a skills challenge, I would imagine. So it'll be fun to see the All Star Game back. It took a break last year, as pretty much everything took mm-hmm. a break last year. Um, this game was supposed to take place last year, but then COVID happened and didn't happen. So now these two teams are taking taking the pitch coming up in August. Um, we will see who gets to play for the MLS. Hopefully we get some loons in there, more than just one maybe, hopefully. Uh, That'd be Bob nice. Bradley, LAFC's Bob Bradley will be coaching that MLS All-Star squad coming up in August. Um, that's about it for Look Across the League. Dan, next up uh, for the loons after quite a break for them, three-week break here almost, uh, they take a trip down to Dallas, and as Adrian Heath said, he's looking, he's really looking forward to the 104-degree heat at kickoff on Saturday, because whenever they play them, it's always the hottest day of the year in Dallas. Um, so, 7 p.m. pre-match on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app, and live.scorenorth.com. 7.30 p.m. kickoff between FC Dallas and Minnesota United. Unfortunately for Minnesota, they are second from bottom in the West, and FC Dallas, they are bottom of the West. FC Dallas with just one win on the season. That was at the beginning of May, so it's been quite a while for them since they found a win, since they found all three points. Dan, it's a team that is really struggling of late. How can Minnesota capitalize after getting seven points in the last three games? Well, and you're right. They are struggling right now, and I, you, you don't want to be the team that they, yeah. they get they get well against. So um, I think if Minnesota does what they've done the last three matches out, you know, I think I think they, they should be able to come out of there with a win. Um, the defense seems to have, you know, it's, it's really weird because it's been so long that, you know, you got to say, well, what has changed? since they last played and you have to go by what what they left off with because you don't know anything else um so defense seems to have you know be uh, on the right you know path at least in going the right direction and um we should see a different offense although without robin load um without young gregush and that's that's yeah. I don't care about that one. It's it's just Robin Lode I'm worried about. Jan Jan's not having a very good year. No, it's been um, kind of a rough start for he him. He can't he can't hit the goal. Yeah, well, no one can. No, well, we went through the first four matches. Everybody missed the mark, but yeah. you know he just kept missing and missing and missing. And and I get it. You know you're getting shots, but anyway. So 
you know, your offense might not be 100%, but it should be enough to win down in Dallas. I really think they, they, I really think they'll get a win. They'll get three points out of Dallas. Yeah, it, I'm hoping they can get three points. I think they can. Um, we'll bring that up more and write that down. I'm fairly positive they can get the three points just because Dallas is struggling. Yeah. That heat is going to be pretty intense, I would imagine, down in Dallas. Um, Minnesota, as you mentioned, a Pretty much, they'll have pretty much all their guys ready. I mean, they—I don't remember hearing any injuries from training over the past couple weeks. They so they'll have all their guys back. Makai Debasi will be back. Nico Hansen will be back. They'll have Franco Fragapane. Hopefully, that paperwork's done this time, so he'll be able to play. Adrian Unu will get his Hopefully. second game. Hopefully his dog we'll didn't eat it or something. <laughs> but that attack featuring Unu, Fragapane, well, and Reynoso should be yeah. fancy. Yeah, I mean, it just I'm just looking forward to seeing uh, Reynoso play again. It's been a long time since we've watched him, so <laughs> right. since he didn't play last time out. So yeah, absolutely, and, and see if there's a little chemistry in there and and get things rolling. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Saturday. It's it's been way too long of a break, so it'll be good to get back at it. Absolutely. You want to get to write that down? I do. I do. Right. Let's bring this in here. It wasn't a good week for most of us here on the show. Uh, A couple predictions coming off the board. We'll get to that in a second. If you don't know, write that down. We do this every week on Loon Talk. It's three soccer-related predictions from us and a guest, if the guest wants to stick around. At least one Minnesota (laughs) United-related prediction. Uh, keep we'll keep track of the predictions we'll call them goals throughout the year most goals at the end of the year wins the golden boot so what have we done so far let's get an accountability dun, dun, session dun. all negative oh, this my week goodness. nothing good this week we'll start off with me i have oh. one thing come off the board i said last week Jaden sancho will sign for manchester united by the time the euro start this friday and that was last week well Jaden sancho still is not a manchester united player unfortunately so that one that's the only one you had come off on yeah i was hoping it would happen there was talks the talks are ongoing between the two teams they danced around each other last summer and i was just hoping they could finally get it all sorted out this summer but it didn't happen before the heroes let's just move on I, i was terrible last week let's just move on this one i forgot to mention last week robin lud you said robin lud will have three shots and three fouls suffered versus estonia that didn't happen that no. was in the friendly. That was in the warm up that Finland ended yes. up losing to Estonia, which is, and that wasn't they weren't supposed to lose loss. that. Yeah, no, they weren't supposed to lose that. That was supposed to be much different. Finland not going into the tournament that playing not that happy. Uh, next up, you said Poland will win. They'll keep a clean sheet and they'll score two goals versus Jan Gregusz's Slovakia in the Euros. Jan Gregusz got in in the 90th minute as his Slovakian side were up two to one. <sighs> so. Poland would win winning. that one too. You know what? I'm just that was a surprising I'm win for Slovakia. I'm I, well. I was surprised. Yeah, I, I I really thought Poland would win that one. So yeah, it's just not good. And then this one, as you like to send me on my send me on hunts for scores. You said Minneapolis soccer or Minneapolis City SC will win by four or more goals against Dakota Fusion. Well, I looked it up. Minneapolis SC scored five goals. I know, but Dakota Fusion scored two goals. So. What are the odds? I thought that. See, I picked those That's for two goals. reasons. For two reasons, I picked those uh, from leagues like like that, so that you have to do homework. And <laughs> yes. I thought that was a gimme. Unbelievable. Right. Well, unfortunately, it was not a gimme. Uh, All right. Well, this is getting ugly. Let's move on to the standings. Ooh, they are not pretty. I am eight percent correct with just one uh, one right pre- prediction on the year. You are thirty one percent correct. That number has been dropping, Dan. 
You were at like 60% at one point. You have have five goals on the years. So you're winning right now. And then the guests have one correct prediction and 50% 50 correct. The listeners still have yet to have anything anything good come off the board. They have two, two incorrect so far. So, Dan. Let's start. Write that down. Let's do it. Find my sheet here. All right. I got mine, so I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. All right. All right. So uh, looking ahead to Dallas on Saturday. Can't wait. Um, In Dallas, I am going to say that Minnesota will score the first goal of that match and the last goal of that match. Okay. Write that down. That's a a weird prediction, but I like it. I need points. Fair enough. I have one based off of that game as well. I said Minnesota will win by at least two goals this Saturday against Dallas. Write that down. Okay. I think they'll finally get so if they win, both scoring boots on. If they win two, one. If they win two nil, we both get a point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do. All right. Interesting. I'm okay with that. All right. I hope you're right. Uh, MLS LA Galaxy against Seattle on Saturday. Okay. Chicharito will not score a goal or an Man, assist. You just hate Chicharito, don't you? No, I just like to take points that hurt you. <laughs> By the way, if you are... Because follow- last time... Wait, last time you did that, I did that. You said he's going to score yeah. a hat trick. <laughs> it's like, if I can if I can get you to make dumb picks by just saying he's not going to score, I'm, no. I'm going to keep doing it. He's you're not, not going to get a point. No goal, no pe- assist. No, you're not nothing. peer pressuring me into doing nothing. another... Man. A wild yeah, you, pick. I tried. Yeah, not going to happen. Uh, we are watching as we do this podcast, Canada versus Haiti. Canada trying to qualify for the last round of Haiti uh, helping World them qualification. <laughs> in any way they possibly can. Yeah, that first goal for Canada, the own goal by Haiti was hilariously bad. That one just wrapped up. Canada win 3-0, so they win 4-0 on aggregate. Canada into the final round of qualification for the for CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. So congratulations to Canada getting to the last stage before we can get to the World Cup. Hopefully they can qualify for the World Cup for the first time, and I think in 26 years. So Because if, the next round, they will automatically qualify since they are one of the hosts. If anybody hasn't seen the own goal from that, depending on whatever day you're watching this, but from Tuesday, go look at it and then somehow contact me and tell me what happened because I still don't know. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> All right, what are we on? Our second predictions? Yeah, you're you're right. at your number two. All right, so Minnesota has three games coming up basically in the next week. Mm-hmm. And that, that last one at 9.30 p.m. on Saturday, I'm not going to be looking forward to. Um, so I say there's nine points on up for grabs there. Minnesota, just like the last three games, will take at least seven of the nine points available in the next three games. Okay. All right. So they can either win all three or they can win two, draw one. I don't care how it's done. Basically, what Just you're saying is they will not have a loss in the next three. Correct. Okay. We'll six unbeaten after going four consecutive games. Write that loss. down. Write that down. All right. All right. Third and My third one. Sir. I'm going back to the Crows, Minneapolis City Soccer Club okay. and PSL. They're taking on the Sioux Falls Thunder. Uh, that game is also on Saturday. I think it's on Saturday. I didn't write it down. Yeah, it is. Okay, they are playing Sioux Falls, and they play at Augsburg College. If you didn't know that, okay, the Crows do. All right, I'm going on. A, I'm going way out on a limb on this one. There will be a red card in that match. Can I track that? Oh yeah. Let's see. If it's at the, It's on the website. It's a game summary on the web. This is a big. De- <sighs> I can't remember if that was on the last 
The MPSL is a big time league. Of course, they. I'm not it, saying they're not. I'm just saying, do they? Okay, they have good. Okay, they have red card. Because yeah. the last time, the cautions are on there. I che- I did check beforehand. I didn't want to. The MPSL wanna... didn't didn't put that on the website, so it was a little confusing. Okay, yeah. Well, we're going big time this time. So, right. so I don't know why I'm going on a limb. I don't even know why I think that. I'm just. I, I wanted to work in a red card somewhere. Well, there haven't been enough red cards lately. Yet another odd prediction, but okay, we'll go for yeah, it. You know. All right. Write it down. What do you got? For my final one, last week I said Italy will win their group. I still believe that because they had a good start. As Adrian, he said, they're probably one of the better teams in the tournament as they've gone, I think, like 28 unbeaten, he said. Um, but England got off to a winning start in their group play. 1-0 win against Croatia on Sunday. England will win their group at the Euros this year. Write that down. I think they've Write got it, it in them. The rest of their group from here on out, they'll play the Czech Republic and then they'll play Scotland, or they'll play Scotland and then the Czech Republic. That Scotland one is on Friday at Wembley Stadium. That one should be fun. That's Scotland's, not an easy. That's not an easy group to win. Eh, as long as you can get back past Croatia, I think you can win it. Yeah. Uh, Scotland getting or. Czech Republic scoring a 50-yarder on <laughs> a half-field shot on on Scotland over the weekend because the Scotland goalkeeper was well out of his out of his box and should not have been that far away. And he was wandering. Yeah, Czech Republic took wandering. advantage of it and they beat Scotland over the weekend. I think that I think England can go on and win their group and hopefully make a run deep into the tournament. So that has been right. write that down for write this down. week. And that has been Loon Talk for this week. Once again, you can find Loon Talk anywhere you find your podcast. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help us get found. Also, we are on Score North YouTube channel. You can go watch this podcast if you want to see our faces for some reason. We are over there on the Score North YouTube channel, usually a day or two after we post the podcast version. Um, Dan, final thoughts for the evening? No, I'm just looking forward to get back to... Uh to some soccer on Saturday against Dallas. So, um, yeah. Uh, and you know what? 100 degrees, whatever. We've been we've been dealing with that in Minnesota. So I mean, deal. we'll be in a radio booth, so what big do we deal. care? Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll yeah. be fine. It's air conditioned. Won't even um, break a sweat. Yeah. So. As if you're watching on the YouTube, uh, the YouTube video, you can see that we have the next three games up for Minnesota United. Coming up this weekend... FC at FC Dallas, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Pre-match starts on Score North at 7 p.m. with myself and Dan Terrar. Be sure to join us. We would love you to join. And uh, remember, after the game, we are doing Loon Call, which is our immediate reactions. We may not be the most accurate, but we are first, and I cannot <laughs> wait to get Loon Call back and going. We will post that shortly after the game ends. We'll record that shortly after the game ends, then post it right after that. Should be fun. I don't imagine that one will be on YouTube because we won't have video cameras to film us. We will just be audio only for that, so that will be fun. Perfect. Sounds good, buddy. Can't wait for Saturday. We'll see you then. Absolutely. Can't wait for Saturday. Can't wait to have you join us on Saturday for Minnesota United at FC Dallas. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.